Well, I'm always looking for silences in the archive. I feel like the historians have to deal with the material that they find. But the gift of being a fiction writer is that I get to speak to those silences. And I think African-American historical archives are particularly rich for fiction writers because there are so many silences. And so I went into this just researching a little bit about the Ralph sisters, but I found myself wanting to know more about the nurses who worked at that clinic and I couldn't find really anything about them. When I drove up, at first I assumed that the Williams sisters lived in the neat brick rambler with the two pickup trucks parked out front. A thick cloud of dust swirled around my mama's little car and when it cleared, I spied two little white boys standing on the house porch. I rolled my window all the way down, hoping they'd see my uniform. I'm looking for the Williams family. I was positive I had read the number on the mailbox correctly. One of them pointed behind the house and I understood. I wound the car around the pickups following the scant outline of tire tracks. The pinto pushed through the ruts, bouncing so hard I was afraid I'd hit my head on the roof. I prayed I wouldn't get stuck. The last thing I wanted was to have to walk back down to that house and ask those boys to go get their daddy. Fortunately, it hadn't rained in a while and the ground was dry. The trees cleared and the land swelled up into a hill. At the top sat a cabin. The car sputtered, but I tapped the gas pedal and somehow made it to the top. Everything leveled out and the tire tracks disappeared into brush. Off to my left, I could see a wide field of green stalks. I didn't know a thing about farming, but anybody with eyes could tell that was wheat growing out there. Cows grazed in a lot beside the barn. A lone chicken peeked up at me as it stepped through knee-high grass. Up close, the structure was more of a wooden shanty than a cabin, and it looked tired as though a wind had blown it askew and it hadn't had the energy to right itself. A skinny black dog scratched his back in the dirt. In the rearview mirror, I could see my lips were dry. I licked them, and my cracked bottom lip scratched my tongue. I got out of the car and stepped in a huddle of gnats. The air smelled of burning wood. Something told me these girls couldn't be in school. If they were, they didn't go every day. They should have been expecting me, but they didn't have a phone, and I wasn't confident they even knew about our appointment. A girl wearing grubby pants and an orange T-shirt shaded her eyes with her hand. The backlight of the sun darkened her face. How you doing? I'm... Simple Townsend from the Family Planning Clinic. It didn't make sense for us to be out here in our uniforms, but Miss Seeger insisted. It was March chilly, and I had left my sweater in the car. The wind reached my neck. I stepped up closer. Someone had tried to braid the girl's hair, but the roots were so matted with dirt that only the ends of the hair could be plaited. I clutched the file under my arm and tried to remember what I read. Are you India? The dog rubbed against my leg, and I fought an urge to push the animal off. It sidled away. I looked down and sure enough, it had left a brown mark on my pantyhose. She don't talk. I jumped. I hadn't seen the other girl standing inside the screen door. I remembered the contents of the file. The younger sister was mute. I had skimmed that detail, but it came back to me now. I blinked as I pieced together their story in my head. Mace Williams, father, 33, milk cows, tilled the land, did whatever the white man told him to do in exchange for this shanty and a piece of money. Constance Williams, mother deceased, Patricia Williams, grandmother, 62. In the distance, the inky outline of grazing cows flickered in the light. Your grandmama here? Grandma, the nurse here? I tried to smile, but I wasn't sure if my expression passed for polite. 
I didn't know whether I should ask to come inside or if I should wait for the grandmother to come out. The older sister settled it. I remember now that her name was Erica. You can come in if you want. She opened the door for me. The screen pulled away from the edge of the wooden frame, not much protection against the flies. It creaked on its hinges. I'm not sure if I said this before, but walking into that house changed my life. And yes, it changed theirs too. I walked right up in there with my file and bag of medicine ready to save somebody. Little old me, five foot five inches of know-it-all. You're listening to stories, poems, music from the creative process. To hear our full interview with Dolan Perkins Valdez, visit the Creative Process Arts, Culture, and Society podcast. This podcast is produced by Mia Funk with the participation of collaborating universities and students. Thanks for listening.